to Team Robotol Edition 213 with Andreas Exertus. Future speculation, markets, crypto, political upheavals. Exertus has been in the nation's capital, that is the US of course, both pre and post congressional storming. <laughs> nice how you put that, Jim. Let's see what he's been up to and anything that might be on his Piscean mind. Once again, welcome, Exertus. My first thoughts are, if there's a nation of the internet, sort of like a worldwide Babylon, like what would be the capital of that, you know? It'd be an interesting thing. Maybe Reddit at this point. I have no clue. Actually, not, not enough people on Reddit. Yeah, that's true. But you never know. I mean, not enough people are ever at the capital either. Washington, D.C. is like Stalingrad right now. I can't even tell you. It's so, I mean, literally, but also metaphorically. I, it's very strange in D.C. normally. But now, I mean, it almost never snows. It's a snow blizzard right now. And if you don't belong there, they don't want you there. They make sure that you are coming and going to work. Otherwise, you're not supposed to be there. I'm, I'm here working for uh, Tim Pool, trying to fix his uh, website for Timcast and trying to set up their you know mailing list and their WordPress and all that stuff. So it's been kind of an interesting um, I'm just seeing what's going on, trying to help them get off of YouTube and they're a really big channel. You know, that's been kind of why I'm out here right now. Uh, and but we've been wanting to do a talk and we weren't sure what we were going to talk about. You know, I mean, we've done videos on the ancient past of history and we've talked about contemporary events of the today. So I thought, yeah, you know, maybe we should be talking about the future. It seems like that's a lot of what people are worried about. Well, that makes sense. So before we get too far down the rabbit hole, uh, this is episode 213, I believe you said, Raphael, which is the Lover's card. It's a six Gemini card, the Lover's. I am the gateway to divine love. This is about seeking connection with others, bl blending opposing ideas into one, making a choice, accepting yourself as you are, and giving and receiving freely. Raphael, what card do you have? We have... The angel of the propagation of light, 27. Belonging to the dominions, this angel helps confuse the conspirators, protects against people who attack us in court, and intervenes in the propagation of light and the liberation of society. It is uh, associated with the five of wands, and the affirmation is, I relax and concentrate on the task at hand. I so, pulled the chariot also. Oh, so. Well, you've been on the move, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so between the funny. chariot, the lovers, and that uh, angel card, anything resonate with y'all? Or specifically Andreas, but Raphael, you too? Raph, you first, actually. Well, that's why I read this card for you. I, I just, I was just look. I mean, let's just yeah. say, um, uh, well, let's put it like this. Okay, so... Angelic qualities say, say confidence, propagates the light, civilizes sociability, liberates from slanderers, and liberates in the case of possession. Dissipates confusion, leads to success. Well, I'd say ideally that's what you're doing, Andreas. <laughs> One and hope. Of course, the Five of Wands, just as we're on this track, and then you can maybe go on with the chariot. The Five of Wands, of course, is 
you know, usually the fives are actually minus cards, let's say, in the tarot, like more like ebbing quality. In the five of ones case, it's actually almost like a fight in the right of weight. Intense, uh, let's say, confluence of uh, spiritual energies or simply conflict of lifestyle choices. Of course, you know, very prevalent right now. And also the fives, I would say, and especially this card in my individual association is also one of the cards most highly connected with uh, unconditional love, especially because it is about being still, just as it says, I relax and I and concentrate on the task at hand, especially upon, you know, great ideological and spiritual conflict, which I would say no doubt is occurring. Nice. So my thoughts immediately were for so the five and the types of angels, because there are five types of angels, according to the, the right. uh, Torah. There's the common angels, living creatures, you know, like there's a seraphim, cherubim, and the archangels are like the upper choirs. And like some of them have chariot-like features themselves. Like the seraphim have, um, I think, like the revolving um, he, uh, halos, like two different gyroscopic golden discs to help them fly and, and hold steady so that that seemed kind of related there's some sort of movement here that we're on that's going and it's like a vehicle to get us to the next place do you guys know why in cyberpunk movies in the future they wear they wear sunglasses at night oh it's so because, funny that you say that because i just heard i were i like to wear sunglasses at night or whatever the fuck that song i think was i figured out why it's what? because it's because the future is just that bright even at night yeah you know? lights yeah. But literally and metaphorically, the future is bright and a lot of people keep feeling like they're in darkness, but I think it's just because they're really tired and dawn is coming, you know? I've heard tale that the nature of the sun is changing also being brighter, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, it's funny because when you were reading that Five of Wands, um, I haven't looked at the right of weight in a while, but I've the star man, it, it kind of talks about kind of like almost like pageantry uh, fighting in a sense where it's like it's for sport, but also like you know, taken seriously, a like competition kind of, um, and keeping your head about it made me think of uh, Luke Skywalker with New Hope being like, I've got a fucking, you know, it's like the lover's card is like, you know, duality kind of, and it's like, oh, we're fighting the Death Star and we're the rebels, huzzah, and I've got to keep my cool and just use the force, relax into it, not like overwork it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a couple of things are going on in in the world around this, the the world stage, at least, that make people feel like they have to take a back seat. But I think it's really just a division between the world theater and then the actions that people are taking. And so many things are happening now; they're moving us forward. The way library is working, that you're able to listen to this and watch this on Odyssey right now, is super cool. That people are starting to show up more and more and and notice uh, each other's content is super cool. Um, Saturday, I'm doing a live stream actually with Odyssey. I think it's going to be the first public live stream that they've done for just streaming on their channel. So, Libraries Odyssey is definitely like a major player in terms of making free speech uh, available to people. But I've seen so many platforms, including Library and Matrix and Minds, uh, recently ha being pulled off. You know, everyone's talking about Parler, but like, what about these other apps that are nothing to do with? Um, ideology, they're not left wing or right wing. They're like techno nerds, right? Like Element has nobody in it except for hackers and, and Unix developers. And they banned it from the App Store because theoretically they could see how it could be used for free speech. So this is kind of the scary thing is that they're trying to keep people from saying um, or speaking to each other about anything while we're transitioning 
into this time. And I feel like that's a big effort to try to like steer which direction we end up in. But, you know, I also noticed that like all these options are pretty hard to stop. And so that's like, here we are able to communicate about it. Well, they say life finds a way, but it's funny. Um, we've had SJ Anderson on recently and he was kind of getting uh, skeptical and maybe paranoid about cryptocurrency. Raphael could probably explain his thinking better than I could because it's not a domain I'm well versed in. Um, but what you're kind of saying, it seems that uh, after this whole, st- I mean, the way I phrased it, that's how I kind of look at it, whether for good or bad, people stormed the Capitol um, in Congress or whatever. But um, Sorry, how, that, just how, briefly, how, just and maybe Andreas also gets your take, but how is this storming at all? If you see, I mean, maybe not just a one minute snippet, I don't know. What's well, surely not like Battle of it, it's, it's very funny that of all of the things that happened all year long last year, this one day, this one hour, this one minute, this one is this guy. One guy <laughs> is the thing I want to point out, as yeah, okay. uh, Mars went into Taurus, that was occurring. So it's like, oh, hi, it's above, so below. Here we are, resonators. <laughs> but you saw I put Yeah, but out, also actors, right? Yeah, they, well, I mean, there's um, the active crises right, happening. And so you have to be very careful how you speak. I mean, you know, I was recently, and, and Alex Jones is coming back. I did this thing with Alex Jones a while ago. And we're going to hopefully start to release some of the little snips of this but also he's coming back to talk about this more how it completely destroyed his life all the things that he was saying and everything is about just because he you know uh dared to question the authenticity of a narrative that can be super like you know i'm beyond i'm, I'm in a circumstance now where i'd have to be worried about that like if i were to say anything crazy sounding or just um incredulous to be incredulous about any of these incredible stories but yeah i just think it's not it's not relevant to what most people were doing so it's funny that that's what everyone's worried about whether or not this one guy was real or not has very little to do with what most other people were there i mean you've got these ladies they're like a 70 year old woman who can't get on a plane to go back home because she was in this uh you know group of people she's maybe from minnesota or from illinois or something and she flies this is you know one of many examples there's lots of people that went well, and like put on no fly list. like after 9-11 like um people of you know this is kind of shown in m night Shyamalan signs i think was post 9-11 movie where it's like people were very skeptical of middle eastern people not everybody but some people were i think that's kind of what's happening to conservative like conspiracy theorist types which is on the one hand is a, as a level of it but i kind of think it's weird and i want to get your take it seems that um I mean, how people herd sheep is like you create diversions and cause them to run a certain way. It feels like this was a, at the very least, a permitted, if not orchestrated event that was, has, has, it's almost like 9 11 allowed for the uh, Patriot Act. This is allowing for like what you were talking about, kind of a freedom of speech. Don't listen to this type of person, conspiracy theorist, or, you know, white and young it, person. It's, it's definitely like PR'd in a way that like you're like oh this lady Ashley Babbitt you know she's like your sister or your somebody anybody knows somebody who is on the internet who's gotten into QAnon and to MAGA and all this stuff so they can say yeah. oh Which I is, know someone like her and like, oh I know a guy who's vegan and he wouldn't want to eat meat in jail like I did try to make it so that it's like you could see how it could happen to you be careful about thought crime and so thought crime becomes 
becomes the real crime. And the, the thing is for me, like I like look at that and I know to not be there. Right. So even if I'm in DC, I like made a live stream that day at Princeton or in, you know, some garage doing anti-gravity research that day so to make it clear that I was trying not to, because you know, like YouTube's after me, man. Like they're already Google and Facebook and those things. They'll ban me for the most random things. I was banned for thirty days for calling someone a bat. I was like, you know, with gravity, standing upside down, it's like you're a bat. And they're like, uh, you're banned for thirty days. And there's no, and the person didn't say it. It was the robot algorithm. So they're already setting up all these weird search systems that are, you know, going after people. And they're like, this person's already looked at something, so we should. I think track animal names. Peter's trying to make that a pejorative. Or whatever, that, that, was like, that was a thing. I did hear about that. There were some people that were doing that, and also bat eaters from Chinese. There's all kinds of excuses that I've heard. But it's like th- th- at some point, yeah, but you can say British virus and South African virus and so on. I mean, it's I'm not, sorry, but anyone who's still this is so lud- ludicrous. Yeah, it's like Flickr did the censorship the and uh, also the new presidency, no matter what one may think about background deals or what's actually happening. He, if I may say so, you know, looking from the outside, I mentioned this on another show. The first time I was like, this literally cannot be real was when Bush Jr. was elected because, I mean, maybe here, I guess, you know, there's always propaganda on all sides, but it at least seemed he's not the brightest. With Trump, I had a different opinion, but then the whole media was bashing him and basically saying he's, you know, racist, sexist, idiot fool or something. And uh, and now... Because now, of that clamor, you decided that you didn't necessarily believe it? Well, I mean, I mean no, you thought like no. If I, have, you know, I have my other yeah. reasonings. I just want to say that uh, basically now the media. I mean, it's it's you know different depending on what you watch and so on. But just at face value, if the guy doesn't know what he's signing, he's going into the thing says salute the marines. I don't know what. I mean, this is so obviously like a sham. I, I don't know. So what I just want to say in terms of censorship, actually, I think it's awesome. I think it's perfect. They should censor and ban everyone. And this is amazing, even including the policies and so on that are apparently being enacted right now. People, I really have to say this. I really think it's true. People have to see it to believe it. And they have to live through it to understand what it is. And honestly, my not even hope, but conviction is that this is just like a lab uh experiment let's say like the whole human experience but this in particular so people can really realize what's going on what choices lead to what consequences so they may uh, reorient and if they do you know people just switch platforms people just organize themselves then the whole game can be over very very quickly yeah i think um with you know how the the, the amount of information that people are getting access to has been drastically depleted. Uh, for, it used to be so much more available, and the neutrality of information was more available. And I remember how weird it seemed that China was censoring things, you know, only about 20 years ago. But that's what has happened now. Where we've become like the way Flickr was in China. You know, this, these corporations have picked sides, and it might be you know kind of like to your your point, like the more people are forced off it, the more they go somewhere else. So it's this Ayn Randy and Atlas shrugged, John Galt, you know, running off to another world. You know, and the more we do this uh, destruction to the system, the more other alternatives will you know sprout up. But at the same time, it's it's so dangerous. Um, 
I, I don't know if you guys heard my last president video, but I took the whole book by Ingersoll Lockwood and I generated a voice from my voice reading it with a bunch of old footage. And you should probably check it out because that's the book by the guy who he's got several books about Trump from the 1890s. He's like a time traveler. Conspiracy story is all about this book. And it's called The Last President, and I think that's really interesting that Trump decided to create the office. He's a new corporation in Florida called the Office of the Former President. So it's kind of showing he's got all this – until he gets impeached, he's got all of the powers to do whatever and, and be defended by Secret Service, which is huge because otherwise you know, his family's in, in huge jeopardy of being assassinated. But if he's got that – then he's probably better off as the former president than the president. He's able to do more. He's a business guy. I mean, like the media is already going back to asking pre-programmed questions for the Bidens, you know, and the Bidens are supposed to get that questions in advance for their press briefings. And things. we're going right back to the old propaganda ministry. But at the same time, uh, Trump's good at business. And so if he's able to use that clout to like start to steer towards destroying the, you know, I mean, how many things has Trump set up that have been taken out in 17, which is the Q number, by the way, 17 executive orders is what Biden uh, did in one day, his first day, that just to reverse Trump's policies. But how many of those can't be reversed through just executive orders? Because they have right. to do with, you know, p different governments in the states, and then the, the, they've set up new judges, they've set up new uh, persons. Uh, he did the perfect uh, apprentice show finale, firing so many people and sending up new people. And so, that's actually yeah. just one simple thing that uh, also, how should I say, without taking sides or just an analyzing the situation, he put in, I guess, a record amount of judges. And uh, yeah, African-American judges record amounts, uh, women judges record amounts, like all kinds of diverse, but mostly the most interesting and unique part was that they were people that really represented their places. They weren't necessarily the biggest puppets because the biggest puppets on both sides would have gotten uh, pushed out by Trump. And so eventually you've got these weirder, you know, fringier candidates that have kind of taken over this this generation of politics. That's cool, you know, and I think that we're going we're gonna to see some huge positives because of that i don't think that that um that he needed to be president again but the point of it again i was saying is check out my last president's video because like this might all be planned there was never you know in the original books there's this guy who's not supposed to be president named trump who becomes president for one term and then the second term he doesn't get to be president and then the whole you know idea of presidency with the next guy just falls apart I mean, that's and what, hijinks that's what, ensues. That's it's thing. exactly. And I mean, I didn't ever spell that out before because spoiler alert, but now we're here. So if you haven't read book the book, two. Man, I'm looking at this uh, George Orwell quote because we were wanting to talk about the future, but I've just had this kind of thought while we were talking. It seems like the Vietnam slash Cold War era, which is, I mean, it seems almost like a Terrence McKennian um, having, you know, of, of uh, epochs of time encompassing these uh schedulings or whatever you'll see what i mean in a second it's so like vietnam's like you know 60s 70s um or and uh the cold war is like the 70s and 80s basically right um so that's war is peace right freedom of slavery is 9 11 where it's like yo you're not, you know uh you don't want to be free like uh, the, the whole patriarch thing and snowden it's like yo like the freedom you want isn't even possible and i guess the last mode is ignorance is strength where it's like it's all the psyoping and and crazy botting and even like you were saying like i'm a vegan and it, now i don't really care but it's like this kind of puts bad tastes in people's mouths if they're not if they're ignorant 
or whatever in a way. So they'll be like, oh, if you're a vegan, you're like that guy. So don't be like that. So I won't be like that. So here's the new, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but big question here just briefly. And that's also maybe I think where the, you know, the break point or whatever occurs is that I have at least the impression, you know, that by now everyone knows someone who's vegan. And unless they allow themselves to be completely brainwashed into hating their own family, which some people certainly are, yeah, then I would assume, especially because now, everyone is getting effed over, you know, like even the those who supposedly were happy with getting this kind of policies. It seems everyone is getting their share of disillusionment also with the stock market situation and so on, we may get to eventually. So I honestly rather see before they would completely give up their thinking capacity to CNN once again. And even here, I know CNN at one point also was a, a great uh, station. Um, they would rather reach out to that family member and be like, oh, you're really vegan? Are you really crazy? And they'd realize, no, it's actually just a brother or cousin or someone maybe entertaining a different ideology, but there's no reason to start a civil war over that. And I mean, I can't Plus the point, they're sowing seeds of dissent within... They want with to, so sure, many but the question is, things. is it going to work? And is well, are people going to allow it to work? That's the whole well, thing. It, it's funny because it's, it's got back to that Robert Anton Wilson-like divide. And I think that that... You know, you can see who was going to win if it was Trump, and you can see who's going to win if it was everybody else. But there was a point when, and you, this is you know, recently Matt, Lex Friedman's interview with Jack Dorsey. I don't know if you've seen that, but Lex Friedman's a pretty important interviewer, and he's gotten this piece where Jack explains from Twitter like why he's so deep in Bitcoin, and he's like really like reveres the team or person anonymous that were not anonymous but created an identity um zatoshi nakamoto like he's really into it and he's like the whole deal and why he's such a big believer in bitcoin and what he's really doing even though he has his ego uh he's taxing in order to like change the world and he might you know i think he's there there might be more to this guy than people realize he might be doing some good even but like <laughs> his whole idea if they had created their own coin, then it would have been regulated. They couldn't do it. Like UBS financial and bank systems are doing it, but like, that's all. And now countries like they, because they hadn't done it yet, Bitcoins remained the neutral thing. So corporations being able to use it and why Jack's like, you know, focused on it. But you were talking earlier, I guess we were talking before the show about India and India's deal. Cause they kind of, you know, people are like, what India is going to ban Bitcoin maybe. You know, it was the news. And the thing is, it's not that they're really necessarily saying that. What they're saying is that if they're going to create their own cryptocurrency and, you know, where everyone is, Russia and America and India are amongst all the other countries that are building cryptocurrencies to replace their older currency because it's a better system to have a digital receipt instead of bank systems that authorize transactions. Well, I'll get into like what crypto contracts are in a second. But India in general, you know, if they build this economy they're gonna ban bitcoin yeah that's and that's so that's the thing is bitcoin exists they want right nike now. not adidas i guess or something no i mean it's like you want you want your own it's like you want your own name prince wants Does his own baseball outfits. outfits like yeah. well, they just yeah. want the control yeah. and maybe just to give some context so the way i discovered this initially we will also get into this maybe a bit so since one week there's this whole wall street that's things going on and suddenly, at least the idea espoused that individual investors can actually affect prices. Of course, the real deal here is going to be physical silver. But before talking about that, so yes, I, got this, uh, I got this pillar wallet, which was like an ICO. Of course, their ICO uh, price was busted and so on. So that's not the point. But you could create a so-called key-based wallet. And now they have something called a smart wallet. 
I can't completely explain it yet, but it has quite some advanced functions and also runs on Ethereum and apparently allows you to exchange within the system. Then apparently, it, I think it said without fees or super low or something. But anyhow, you got to migrate your wallet and activate it. And that costs some, I guess, Ethereum ultimately. And um, so already migrating costs like, uh, for me, was like, I don't know, 40 bucks or something, which is a lot for transactions. And then activation would have been even more. So I looked it up. And I was, okay, what's happening? Why is this so expensive? And it's because so-called gas prices, which is uh, the measurement for what you have to pay for transactions within the Ethereum network, kind of funny that it's called gas. So, you know, in terms of valuable resources or needed for transport and the gas prices are insanely high. So, for example, right now, it's even crazier now. The lowest we got now is 100, which is apparently about three minutes. This allows you to clear, uh, sorry, $3 allows you to clear in 16 minutes, which is pretty slow. Then 120 allow for four bucks allows you to clear in about two minutes. And uh, the highest is uh, nine bucks allows you to clear in 30 seconds. And also here, what's going to be interesting is ultimately what cryptos have enough backbone or however you want to call it, that they can actually sustain a very high degree of transactions, high amount while still still having low fees and have a smart management for that. As I understand, so far, Litecoin is faring pretty well here. But in regards to India, it seems that Uniswap is highly popular. So then you look at, for example, etherscan.io slash gas tracker, and you can see who's actually using up the gas. So where is it being consumed? And here it's in the last 24 hours, 20% has gone to the Uniswap router. So I can only assume that that's kind of India, you know, getting on the Ethereum blockchain and using Uniswap to do so. I don't know. That's just a speculation, but that may be the reason why gas prices are so high right now. Um, in general, that's also part of the com the competitive edge that people being able to make these transactions offer. That's why governments want in on that. And that's really what it gets down to. This isn't about uh, currency as much as you th I mean, it is, but currency represents something which is this agreement between people. So the contract thing is the big thing here. And so two mutually agreeing parties, and everything comes back to that Magna Carta where they forced the king against his will to sign a contract. Now we have these contracts that ignorance is no excuse of, and if you accept the benefit of the contract, you accept the obligation. So the more that they, and you could, you know, the way they want to tax Bitcoin in the United States, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this, but the way they're doing it, they want to tax your initial acquisition of it. They want to tax anytime you transfer it from one account to another account or one wallet to another wallet, even from yourself to yourself. If you're changing the value of the coin, you know, like you have to tra you have to transfer and tax that. So there's so many steps along the way where they jump in and they want to tax you. And then if you, you know, send it, there's a tax too. So this is going to be nuts, you know, like the United States government is trying to tax it but, out of existence. What is the answer to this? Very simply, I mean, for me, it's very well, obvious. Taxation this cannot, theft. <laughs> yeah, so and this cannot, this cannot be allowed to happen because, I mean, this whole thing was set up, as far as I understand it, to eliminate the middleman and allow individuals to at least have more choice in what they put their trust well, and value that, and credit in. So and, that's partially yeah. why Wall Street. Um, sorry, but that's why Wall Street bets is so important. 
because what that is is it's showing the same kind of ideology and methodology that's used in crypto uh, discords and, and telegrams being used in Wall Street, and they're just you know they they do the same thing. They talk about how together as a group we'll pump a coin or we'll dump a coin. You know, you want to bring something down so you can buy it later. You want to you know you talk about it because you're gonna you know hodl and you're gonna start selling back and forth to each other over and over all day, so you start to increase the growth. I mean that's not. A new idea, and that's exactly what um, you know. Big investment groups uh, do. Um, what's what's the guy from um, Social Credit the who used to run Facebook? Was it Chennai or uh, his name? But there's like the guy who used to be this, the uh, the CEO or not CEO, but one of the main, like vice presidents of Facebook now has like a huge social credit company. He was talking about this. Like, there's really no big difference between the information that you're um, you know, hedge fund controllers have and somebody on Reddit. It's basically become the same thing as when you buy your own plane ticket with an app as when you see a travel people to buy your plane ticket in the 80s. So now they're scared because they've lost their place. But the biggest thing is what they were doing to make up for that as they were already losing that control is they were friends with each other and they were already copying each other. And so Wall Street's already a huge echo chamber. So this is scary to Wall Street because it's a bigger, better echo chamber, and it's not um, – they used to have these – they still do – social meetings and idea dinners where they talk about these ideas that they're going to – which uh, company to invest in or how they're going to conspire to bring up the value of something. Now you're seeing that all written down, right? So it's all transparent. And that's really the most interesting thing about it. They want to ban something that is transparent and obvious, and it's it's there's no rigging to it. It's just gaming the system properly. So the the inevitable obvious part, thing about this is like I think just because it's so transparent, it will reveal itself so hard that people are going to say, "Wait, why are we trying to defend these crooks? Why don't we just go with the new systems that are easier to use?" Which is the same reason Google was able to maneuver itself into every kind of bureaucratic government because there's so much corruption. Google going in cleaned up corruption in a lot of ways because they can see the email going from here to there and who saw it and who sent it. That's what's going to happen to the economy. But when it does, there's not going to be a lot of room for the old Wall Street. So I mean, I guess that really gets into the new reset. We should I'll hold off on that, but we need to talk about that too. It well, seems. I, oh, go ahead, Rafael. I just want to say it's all about you know the fork in the road in a sense. I for me, and I'm always, how should I say? I find it interesting when people are doubtful or confused. But I guess I made up my mind long time ago about how this should play out. But still, I would say it's all about the individual choices being made right now and. Uh, However, and especially also with the Wall Street bets, and uh, first it was GameStop, now something AMC, I don't know enough about that one, and eventually, and now they said briefly they want to short silver, good luck with that against, you know, unlimited, literally like uh, infinite eight uh, bank accounts on the financial side. But of course, the real joke may very well be physical silver. Yeah, people have a kind of forgotten how much silver there is in the hands of people, especially because of jewelry in the United States and South America. You know, we've got the Potosi. Uh, I was at the Potosi silver mine in Bolivia. And I mean, you, you start to find out how much silver really there is in existence. But it's been, you know, put into commodities and stores and stuff quite a bit. So silver could be something that you could see a major play on. The problem is when you hit any one thing, that'll be the thing that they enforce. 
So the better thing to do is really to play the whole system, go to hit a bunch, be in a, a, a bunch of different places at once. But you could tactically show, you know, how we could manipulate silver. The thing is, they can use robots to sell short, sell short until you've got this um, ladder or stair like de- declining value to to reach a, a bear market instead of a bull market, and then they can sure, keep markets this, down. I mean, I'm not sure how deep you're into this. Also, with the whole road to Ruta theory, right? Not sure if, yeah. So uh, the whole idea that it was all planned all along to kind of crash the system because it's just yeah. not sustainable. But That's the real why... point I just want to bring up because I'm all with you on the financial markets and the COMEX and so on is so rigged it's beyond belief, and it's just like with the elections you can literally see you know it's going in the wrong direction and there's a crack and they shut down for an hour they reopen up the market and the price is correct big surprise. <clears throat> so, but here the point being. As long as not everyone has, you know, their personal house robot, there is no robot that can take your physical silver away from you. And it would just take everyone to order a few coins, as I understand, with current supply and usage to break the market. And I'm not even for any chaos or disarray. I'm just, you know, for showing where they're just basically it's a how do you call it even? It's like monopoly capitalism or it's like a fake whatever scam. And that I think anyhow will become even more than Neo robber barons. I mean, they're fucking people over. It kind of reminds me a little of like at some point people were like we want to leave Europe because they're fucking us, and they went over and they created new versions of these things, and then it turned even from the colonies to like gold on the west coast. And I mean, it's always been the can gets kicked further, and it like on the one hand, the centralization is fractured by a revolution of technology or perspective, but then that revolution, I mean, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, it turns into an ossification eventually. So like, you know, you were saying Google at one point was like cutting edge and not that it's not, but then it became like standard or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, and now yeah, it's just, like just, clubhouse or Reddit or whatever. It's I like watched a video of Google in 1997 or something. It was really funny how they're like, we use these, these things called surreal. spiders. These spiders crawl the web and then they find popularized sites by people who, the more times people look at them, and that's how we put them in our queue list. The spiders like, oh are not my what God, they this seem. Is so dangerous even in, in this point. But if you guys have not gone to the World Economic Forum's weforum.org slash great dash reset, yada, you got to look at great reset because, you know, the great, the weforum.org slash great dash reset, they have, this is what it says. There's an urgent need for the global stakeholders to corpor- cooperate and simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID-19 crisis to improve the state of the world, the World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset Initiative. And so it's a very strongly worded idea. And I think probably it's like the movers and shakers need to take advantage of the situation that we might have well, created for well, ourselves. Right. And that's what I, so you were saying that there's a, I think it's just two systems and at once you've got people that are robbing and destroying what's left of to get as much money out of the old system. That's like a record that's about to finish playing. And then this is the reset. There's a new world order that they've created. That's waiting to be turned on like a new record with a new song. And they're going to DJ transition it just properly enough. Hopefully, Hopefully that you won't hear too many screams like DJ, you know, that's too late for that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing about the reboot though, because if they re, Oh, sorry. You know, just to let you know, I mean, with, and I kind of just want to, you know, outlay that because still, Oh, let me just ask like this. What do you see the the chance of that succeeding those plans? Because to me, that's just, you know, the same sociopaths as always. And the only difference is that now the plans are super public. Everyone's already gotten a preview. And if a majority would really choose this, then I'd be kind of like, well, 
you know, that's what you chose. You kind of deserve it, but I really don't see many people going for it. I that. think they're scraping most of the good people. I mean, like not the great people. Like there's reasons why I'm not right now this year at the Davos convention. Like I could probably have been at this thing trying to work with them to make the world a better place in ways, you know, like they're trying to reduce certain kinds of problems in the world because they don't want those problems to mess with their affairs. It makes sense to have a sustainable world order if you control it yourself. You don't want to lose control of it. But there are a lot of evil things about trying to run other people's lives for them, in my opinion. And so, yeah, there are going to be people that don't realize what they're getting involved with. I think that's what Jordan Peterson was when he started working on the Agenda 21 documents. I think, you know, like if you start to look at all of the people that are trying their best and they're willing to make sacrifices not only in their lives but their own integrity in order to make a difference in the world you'll start to see how many people work uh, you know you know, i mean like god i have hundreds of friends that have been at the world economic forum or in a davos convention i have dozens of friends i have at least six friends right now that are in davos and they're do and they damn well believe that they're helping the world as much as they can. But do you the think they're being they, used by the machine? Well, well, they are being used by the machine. They know they are. No one thinks No one thinks they're not. That's what the machine is for. But the thing is, everyone knows the machine is collapsing and that it's eating babies. I mean, metaphorically or literally or whatever, we have this Babylon problem that needs to be replaced with a new system. And they know it too. And so they want to have an, a solar panels on their compost piles, even if they're composting babies. So it gets really weird and convoluted when you you start to this is the thing about george orwell versus aldous huxley george orwell was like dying so he's like he makes this really dystopic view but 1984 is not as scary to me as brave new world because in brave new world everyone's on drugs and it works enough that you can't imagine that it might just fall apart on its own you know because there's no way to break it like that's scary and that's what this is all about is trying to build a thousand year long machine i think they are a lot closer then we realize, I mean, just because so many people have made sacrifices to do the right thing, quote unquote. So they've helped this along the way and they're scraping the best ideas. Well, I, I, the thing that comes to mind is uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, like if he had kids, it's like he's on the way out, but the next generation wants to do their share on it. So they're hip in certain ways culturally, like, you know. Um, I think even the twins that failed with the whole Facebook thing in Zuckerberg are trying to do some, I forget what now, but I read somewhere that they were trying to like get in on something, either like a kind of, uh, telegram or Bitcoin kind of thing. In any event, it seems like it's, it's tricky because what happens is the revolution gets co-opted by in investors. I mean, people are like you need guns and bullets to fight. I mean, not literally, maybe, but metaphorically, right? Like you need you need stuff to do this thing with, and we'll supply you that. And then they kind of sit back and reap the rewards, and that seems to be how it's always gone. I mean, that's what you know. The Senate said, "Yeah, Roman soldiers go to Gaul," and they were like, "We'll just sit here and sip wine. You guys go do that shit." Without going into the Roman Senate, I'm not sure if. I would not take up the authority to say that it's always been like that. The empire has never ended. <laughs> and, and that's, well, the question is also when it began and on what ways, but the real differentiating point here is number one, there are no slave masters without slave mentality within the population. And that's an individual liberation that is always accessible. 
And the second aspect is that what is shifting right now along with the internet, however, this may have been planned by some forces or not. And I agree with you, Andreas. I've also heard that even on the high level, there are varying factions and some of them potentially even quite enlightened, even at Davos. Um, but the difference now is that if we really, maybe this is even a communist sense, I don't know, one aspect that's great about it in terms of understanding the control of the means of production. And uh, if we are able, and we are technologically right now, to more and more distribute those means of production and have everyone have access to it, including transfer of value, communication, so on and so forth, energy, because I, I don't really care about solar panels. You know, we have much more advanced stuff, which doesn't take up so much, uh, you know, <laughs> doesn't need so many materials right. to build, as I understand. Um, so there is even, you know, Usually there's a better alternative than what they're promoting on TV, let's just put it like this, or what the state is subsidizing up to this point. Anyhow, a point I want to make, uh, you know, no slave system without slaves, that's an individual process. And the other chance and difference now is it's all about distribution. And if that occurs, then there is no co-opting of a revolution or anything, because there is no one point you can co-opt it from. It's fundamentally an ideology that is then expressed and reinforced by each individual, and just like... As far as I understand, when what Beckstrom was not yet, I can chief yet with Starfish and Spider. You can kill as many chieftains if you if you want, as you want. If the general, you know, populace has the leadership qualities within themselves, just the next one will step up, or ultimately everyone will be, you know, their own bank, their own publisher, their own whatever. So there will be no need and no possibility to siphon off power or have a control choke point through these middlemen anymore, just because in that sense, maybe the world really has become more flat to use that now in a, you know, economic or whatever, soci sociological. At least uh, metaphorically, term. we got to get more flat. I like it. There's a lyric from a Rage Against the Machine song um, that says, fuck the G-Rides, I want the machines making them. It's kind of like that. People aren't just saying, you know, I mean, you guys both are more kind of um, hackers isn't the right word, but able to build computers and you know do cool shit you can call me a hacker all right word. but you see what i mean like build most people aren't on that way like a good idea i mean what do you mean by building Hack a computer well, most people are like i'll go to apple and buy a computer you guys are like i'll buy the sound card and i'll buy the, the yeah, but the, it's right. like a lego it's like it's a different thing if you would have to solder like I, you know yeah i mean even <laughs> still i'm thinking of i'm thinking about like buying an apple uh m1 chip the new laptop in order to hack at the software inside of xcode on the risk 5 architecture so you know hacking is a positive thing it's just changing things just changing things a bit like you could just hacking hacking at you know something like chiseling a statue so everyone should be a hacker i mean this idea that hackers have anything to do with government or corporate espionage is media propaganda because they want to make sure that, you, that you're scared of using technology or knowing how to use technology. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to be a social out, outsider if you know how to use these things. But the thing I would also think of that's, that Raph and I see is we're like ideologically into free software. We're both into this idea of transparency of the code, code so we know what's, what we like to know what's it's happening under the hood so the you know what this if there's like a little brought to you 100 percent open source just so yeah which, know. You know what, and what that really means for people to understand is what it means is like we know that there's not a human being enslaved inside this machine right like any metaphor otherwise it's that we know what's in the machine it's it doesn't have anyone suffering inside of it
I wouldn't know that if it were closed source software. If it was closed, theoretically, there could be a suffering cat in the box. But we now can look at the code and say, no, yeah, this is safe. This doesn't hurt anybody. So I think that's an, it's another way we should look at free software is it's non-lethal. It's like, oh, it's it's otherwise it's up to subject who's being hurt by it. It could be you. It could be somebody else. But cryptocurrency really does fill the niche of this reset economy because everyone is moving towards uh, a Marxist, labor-based, uh, trade-based economy. We're having so yet cryptocurrencies. Each one representing open solar token or dog, you know, weed uh, strippers. Like we have coins for everything now. Coins for data, coins for storage, coins for public storage, coins for real estate. That's I think kind of part of DOS copy tall. And that's kind of what Marx was talking about. I think the CIA know this That's why that they were so interested in Bitcoin, but it's probably free agents from the NSA and from the, you know, the intelligence services and the, and the corporations around them, like the alphabet agencies working with the corporation, Google, which became alphabet, you know, um, they were all trying to find new solutions. And then they donated this to the world as a non-state thing. Because they were Ayn Randists. A lot of the, the Randists and technocrats in Silicon Valley thought this is the obvious answer. But as it's been presented to people, it's really taken on the form of this new economy. And so the new economy, as Marx had described, and this is the only who knows Marx best. Is it the Soviets? They, they had to disguise how they weren't Marxists. The CIA studied Marxists, right? Probably better than anybody. So my weirdest theory is that the United States has become a neoconservative Marxist state and that they're trying to create a neoconservative Marxist world government. That would seem less uh, – that would seem more crazy, I guess, if you didn't think about China, which is literally a capitalist, neoconservative Marxist state. So I'm not even making words up. This does exist. But this idea that China was created by the Rockefeller lead program, at least the modern corporate version of China, and that that's what they're you know going to install on the world. And indeed, they pretty much have installed that system. That's where we're at. We're at this you know neoconservative state that controls everything with authority and it each according to their needs trying to build up and there might be some benefit to it that's the scariest part of this new world order like they've they've figured out how to do so much with less entropy because they've used so much of the entropy of the old world system to build this new thing well like that's what i was talking about with the uh, capital situation or even trump maybe his whole presidency in a in a non-pro-trump lens would be like if you have a fire people are more willing to put it out with you know the other hand or whatever if that makes sense so it's like maybe people wouldn't have been voting democrat it seems like a pendulum that gets shoved from one thing to the other, and there's there's people that benefit no matter what. The pen, you know, it's kind of like um, Trump Trumpism. Well, it reminds me of um, uh, I forget what company, not Mobile Oil or some oil company, um, Standard Oil maybe or maybe not. But the point is, somebody was benefiting from both sides of the military conflict in the World War Two. Oh, like, J.P. Morgan, yeah, right. He, it's like you yeah. guys couldn't even do blitzkriegs and Who owns shit. The if most I was silver in the world right now. <laughs> is that J.P. Morgan like investment? Yes, yes. It, but so J.P. Guess, Morgan only owned like four percent of J.P. Morgan Holdings, so there's also that. I'm wondering. I mean, sales. we get all like hung up on. It gets tricky because there's so many layers. On the one hand, it's like holy shit, Zoroastrian kind of Jedi Sith warring, and then I'm like, how necessary are all these kind of things? Like you have to have a kid, you know, puking in the corner of a classroom to make the kids go out in the hall. 
then the kid pulls a fire alarm and they all go outside, but that's in order for, I wonder how, how deep it goes, how, you know, McKenna was all like, nobody's fucking in control, no government or, you know, religion or nothing. It's mostly just kind of like worked with chaos magic and everyone kind of, I mean, it's not just like white hats versus black hats. There seems to be all sorts of levels. And I don't know where we're going with it. Like, I don't know the cause and necessity. So in some way, one would say, like, you know, 9-11 really sucks. I don't like it. Let's put it that way. But in some ways, I'm sure there were benefits that happened that I wouldn't even be aware of consciously right now uh, in terms of uh, culture or whatever. If that makes any sense. Well, the version of the story the elite used – oh, sorry. I was going to say about 9-11. Like the, the, what the media portray is that 9-11 was the event that brought the world together because before 9-11, we were all watching different channels and then we all tuned in at the same time. Like it was most people watched event. It's so, a big ritual at very at very level. least. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of jaded sounding. So I don't want to say, be like, oh, people's lives don't matter and you know this stuff – it's it's tragic, but it's like the stake of the play is so crazy at this point my, that like my, that's what's what it's taking. Go ahead. My impression is that so yeah, of course, all energy can be transformed, and uh, even the you know apparently worst thing, if you know how to respond, can be turned around and ultimately you know provide growth, benefits, healing, love, however you want to call it, or at least a lesson learned. Um, however, it appears to me in a sense, both with, I guess, 9-11, though I don't know the astrology, but I can only assume it's pretty crazy, and especially also with the horn guy and so on and the capital thing, that there are probably like these great shifts occurring. And what, let's say, the media on that level is doing, they're not even causing anything or doing anything at all. They are merely framing the energy available at the given point and then later using that storyline to say oh look what has happened and in a sense what we did what we played out for you on the tv or whatever and then they use that to continue building their storyline whilst in actuality it's much more the general energy of whatever the astrology the people at large and the momentum and all they're doing is framing and hijacking the story so People would just need to, you know, tune into a different channel or look closer. And then you can anyhow see that usually these are not, you know, real reasons for anything. You know, these are very isolated incidents, very particularized. So that's my impression. There's symptoms, not like originators in that sense. It reminds me that when I went to Belize back, I think it was in my senior year or junior year. It doesn't matter. I was in high school, went on a cruise from Orlando down to Belize and back key west and all that and uh we went and got off the boat and went way inland basically to nicaragua but like the belize nicaragua border and there's mayan ruins and that was pretty cool so i've been on Mayan run um but we were sitting there and the tour guide was like oh there's this crazy story about this witch who was kind of she could she she noticed patterns right she was intuitive i guess enough to be like oh i know what a hurricane is it's like you know this crazy storm on the front end you get you know it picks up it goes crazy there's an eye it gets crazy again and it dissipates and i got to use my knowledge of the systems inherent at large like what you're saying astrology fucking zeitgeist yugas whatever 
um, like these kind of like systems beyond human control, essentially. And she's like, she basically went up to these minds and were like, I want to be your witch queen. Fuck y'all. Like, worship me or whatever she says. And they're like, you're a crazy bitch. What are you talking about? And she's like, I'm going to make a storm happen. And they're like, bullshit. And she just knew, I guess, because of the waves or whatever, like the storm was coming, right? The high pressure system was coming. Um, so she's like, all right, fuck y'all. And basically, like, you know, a hurricane starts up. And they're like, no fucking way. And then, you know, it's starting to peak. And they're all being like, what the heck? And she's like, I'll make it stop. They're like, you can't do that. And she's like, watch. And the eye hits. She knows the fucking rhythms, right? She's aware of the greater patterns. And they're all like, no, that's got to be a coincidence. Like, you know, they're all shell-shocked, like, woohoo, this is crazy. But then, like, at first second, they're like, nah, that was just a coincidence. And then she's like, fine, I'll bring it back. The eye ends, and the second storm wall hits, and it comes back. And then they're like, fine, you're the queen now, or whatever. So I think that may be at levels what people are doing, where they know systems are going on. They know times and signs of times or whatever you want to call it. They have eyes to see and it's not maybe impossible for anyone to do it, but uh then they take credit for these things with events that overlay on top of them. I mean that's the whole point of ley lines and buildings on ley lines and you know that kind of energy. And like I hate to be like, you know, Tartaria, but like, you know, Tartaria, bro, you know? I don't that's, know nearly enough about that shit as I should <laughs> That's the thing that blows my mind, man. I think everybody like I just keep hope I just keep hoping like a te- like a like a math teacher. I'm like just do the work, you know, read the read the last president book, you know, like find out about Tartaria and the Yale Codex and stuff. But it's like, you know, there's so much of this information that's so much of it's out there that no one's looking at it. Like I it's, think not, it just it's not just you. You've seen so much stuff. So, Oh, that's so like, sad. Oh, Q has well, nothing to do with it, and that's I really what's that weird. Now. It's like half of the people that have talked about it have like gone, you know, on they're on the internet, so that's the problem. But a few years ago, when I was the only guy talking about it, it was completely fine because you know I was just talking, and the only other people talking about it besides me were people at Yale, like so, historians. So, yeah, like yeah, and it was fine. The Smithsonian had all kinds of different information, but they had found codex that talked about the Tartars, and they talked about the Etruscans, and you look at the Phoenicians from Tyra and Tar, and you see all these places that connected this culture. It became very obvious, you know, anthropologically that there was a culture that had been there before these states had changed their names. But now we've got, you know, people that want to turn it into uh, you know, like anything at all. Just they want to make it about race, which is the weirdest thing about Tartary is really it, it couldn't have been an ethno state because it had to have been multiple cultures all around the world that were confederated, not by war, but by trade. I mean, even just historically, we look at that and that's what they talk about. Which is interesting because usually we think of the society being started by defending itself with a, a military. But this would have been a trade empire the way fabled Phoenicia is described. Although Phoenicia is not the real name for Phoenicia. And the names of the places, like I was saying, like Tyre and Tar, and, and these are all you know Tar-based names. So we find that there's this, there's this, this entire history. Um, and I was looking for it. I found it. And then I started talking about it. And I was like, wow, okay, the Freemasons know about this. Why are they not um, putting this more in pop culture? Apparently they are in the weirdest ways. There's a movie with Yul Brenner, Beyond the Ten Commandments, where he plays Taurus Bulba. So why is this such an important thing that they're just putting in people's faces? And yet it's so insignificant. Like people – totally forgotten this and it, it's at a level where it's like we're talking the entire world was this other country and you're talking about resets well that's what we're about to go through we're about to go through another one of these 
not just economic resets, but social resets. And, you know, we know Is how it a reverse happened. Tartary? Like before it was a unified thing that turned into fractured governments, you know, basically doing kind of the dark crystal Skeksis, Lady Macbeth thing, where it's like, I think the that's past is not what you think, and now we're getting confederatized or whatever, like... I mean, that's not there's the word, a, but there's you know a Tower of Babel kind of mythology that when we built towers, that then we were broken apart from each other. But really, I think that's even older because you've got probably what happened was Tartary fell from environmental and energy disasters from the way it was run. And that led to it being taken over a generation later. And they didn't really have a lot to go. If you lost electricity for a generation, like it would really change a lot of things, especially right now when we have very we few books have left. Apple stores. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like people wouldn't – I mean a lot of books don't even exist anymore. Is the point? Like, imagine. But I would 20 years. really like to know, Andreas, is how how it happened, or how people could bring. I mean, anyhow, it's I guess in this life at least hard for me to understand how anyone could even want to kill anyone, but how they get rid of almost all of the giants. That is interesting for me that so many people don't understand how death and murder works because there are so many murderers out there that you'd think that you just go to meet one maybe, you know, I guess. If you've ever met a murderer or something, I mean, my dad was a public defender. So, like, you, I've seen, you know, a lot of what it means to be evil. Like, there really are – and you don't really want to understand it too much because it might make you more evil. But there are – Tons of people who think that way. And I guess the way I break it down is if you're from starve crazed reality and you go to some place which is like a tropical paradise, that person won't even be thinking about, you know, the other fruit on the tree, like because there's so much of it. The starve crazed person is going to be like, I bet that other person's so uh um, conditioned to be scarcity minded. Yeah. So they're gonna just I bet you I could take it from that guy. Like so, he's not even gonna grab the other apple off the the branch because he's gonna just take it from the other guy because he's like that would be easy to do because in another situation there wouldn't be an apple on a tree but there would be another guy you might be able to take something from so that's the, what they're conditioned to believe yeah I think that's a huge kind of mentality and so you have this um, generation of foundling uh, boatsmen. And that's what you look at the Dutch sailors that the Spanish had, uh, they'd controlled. And they went all around the world and they took all these kids like orphans. Well, that's the same with the Romans, right? Conscripting sons and turning them into soldiers. So you do lose your culture and your history in that way. And everything gets mixed up. And then all the languages get changed. You have you know, 30,000 kids from one country to another. They switch from Russian to English. They don't have anything left from their old life, even if they were seven years old. Most of them completely block it out because of trauma and that's what happened in the orphanages in the 1800s anyway and uh, you know that's what's going to happen probably again that's what i'm wondering is are they going to build a computer generated language for us is that what google's working on well the question what's even more interesting to me rather than whether someone's going to build it is what direction people will chose to go to that's always because i'm honestly i'm not impressed at all by any of these plans and especially if one understands a little bit you know whether it's about the potential of humans whether you know spiritually emotionally intellectually or the ab abundance of available resources on this plane or however you want to call it or the abundant availability of electromagnetic energy and so on then all of those offerings they're giving they're just so weak and what also seems to be, and I'm all with you, one 
how should I say, it, it is a great armor to be able to understand negative polarization as well. The thing that also appears to be there, however, is that really because they are unable to identify and grow without making everything the same, they literally also seem to want, let's say, a certain aspect or faction of that uh, elite negatively polarized. They want everyone else to be and to think in the same way, in a sense, or to be, you know, distrustful of one another. And so I hurt one another, abuse one another, so on and so forth. And also here, once again, I don't see many people going with it right now with all the measures and so on. Quite a few are still, in a sense, going along to be getting along. However, even in, you know, peaceful Vienna, it was very peaceful. But two days ago, there were tens of thousands of demonstrators, many of them women and children. And uh, at least for Austria, the mood, let's say, is changing. There will be infinite attempts again to hijack movements and so on and so forth. However, I still see a certain understanding and in a sense, maybe even enlightenment to be progressing. And I don't see anything the quote unquote other side may have with their control fantasies that could stop that. And that's, I, yeah. I think that's one of the weirdest, most beautiful things about this. They have no idea what to do part of the time and, and admit it. They're like, they're desperate and they want to get the best people together and they're willing to pay them and they're willing to kill. And, you know, they're just like, they're doing whatever they can. And yeah, they, I don't think they it's not completely, enough. it's not enough, you know, and that's well, really. It's not a chic, like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, like to be a C, like James Bond or something, work for the government, it had like a mystique about it that I think was like had sex appeal or something to the consciousness of the people they're like yeah i'll be this like spy or whatever right and at this point i think people are like i don't i mean elon musk is cool but even he's kind of like everyone's like and, and i don't know just because it relates there's been a very recent scandal about the interior ministry and especially let's say they don't wouldn't call it secret service but let's call it austria's homeland security or you know uh, interior secret service which has been reformed, let's say, about 20 years ago and been in the hands of the same party ever since. And literally, this has come out in proceedings now. The main thing kind of they've been doing is apparently, uh, and this is all documented, uh, dealing drugs, checking the credit score of porn sites, and being a haven for, you know, the wife of someone who needs a position. And there was literally like a quote that she said, like, and they said, oh, you can have any job you want. And apparently she chose to be in a secret service because it seemed exciting or something without any qualification and so on. I can only hope that at least the CIA or whatever, to some extent, is somewhat more professional. Um, but here it's like it's a complete joke. So in that sense, I agree with you. Much of the mystique and prestige probably has vanished. Yeah, most people are like that's not as cool. Like what what you guys are doing and what we're doing here and stuff, I think is more cool in that sense. Like if you're building a computer and you're farming Bitcoin or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that stuff's more interesting. Or um, farming than, food. Right. But, I mean, but we're also from a transitional time, you know, because like human brains might be on average less intelligent today than Plato or Aristotle's. And you might have thought that at this point, if we had been working at it, even if it's just training in school, that we would have had more Plato and Aristotle's or even people smarter than that. 
But it seems like with this technology, you know, that the brands are shrinking or the connections between the well, places and the brands are shrinking. More, we know a, about a lot more, but less deeply. Yeah, we have culturally advanced, computationally extensive tasks to a point that we've outsourced our collective, you know, specialization of individual tasks and remembrances, you know, and recollections and cultural transmission of knowledge and culture to a machine. So that's all stuff we don't have to exercise like muscles anymore. And so we've kind of turned our you know, our brain into this interface already for an exocortex of culture. And so that's you know, when it gets to neural lace. People don't even really think about this too much, but think about criminals, right? Like, so if you could take someone who was a criminal and you could fix them, and I mean that in the most like objective but you know subjective term, could you could you just program someone to be a new person? You could either maybe let's say it's a lifetime sentence. This person was really terrible. You fix them for life. From now on, they're going to be a janitor who loves yeah, like Clockwork Orange. But instantaneously with the V chip, they're never going to want to commit crimes or you know hurt a child or anything ever again. They're going to only want to serve the state and be a janitor and love that they're you know they're really going to enjoy it. Or let's say this person wasn't you know a lifelong criminal like a you know who's going to get a life sentence maybe it's only six years or a year but if you gave someone a year sentence as another person as a janitor who loved their job like this is the thing about neural lace we're going to start seeing it more in ways of replacing punishment with remediation because they're going to start looking at crime as illness so that they can start to repair you and get you back to work i mean that's all the wonderful concept i just like to point out that if you want to from my point of view cure 99.999% 99.999% of crime or whatever. Uh, number one, everyone left now. I hear there may be a few islands that will be, you know, for sale or whatever. We'll have a few wonderful islands for those people. Those that really, for whatever reason, may not completely be unable to be rehabilitated or reintroduced into society if such cases indeed do exist. Like Australia. Uh, yeah, that's a whole, I mean, Andreas will talk about that maybe. Um, there's some weird uh, stuff because of, you know, so but pine, all yeah. I want to say is that to right, yeah, we got to get into that. But just to say that 99.999% of these issues, you can simply cure by not uh, simply put having children being emotionally, mentally, and in all other ways, literally being abused, abused. and uh, having them in a, you know, fear and scarcity based system as an upbringing. If we would just remove that, And there may well be, if anyone is watching Sean Atwood's True Crime Stories podcast and YouTube channel, they are really on top of these developments also with the arrests from last year and so on. Stuff is happening. If only that aspect were removed, let's say the human trafficking aspect, then a lot would change already. And there is absolutely no need for any neuro, any... To me, honestly, that's all a joke. And I may well see some people pursuing that and so on. However, I don't see a large segment, especially some very specialized ones, highly enthusiastic. And even with those, I'm still like, and don't want to sound like Joe Rogan, but like, and with you, I can only assume, but like, have you smoked DMT? So still, what do I want from any of those machines? If I then know this is an endocrine system that I can actually even train and so on and so forth, like, what is the interest about those aspects if i know number one proper upbringing in society will remedy almost all criminality and number two you know proper spiritual and emotional development will bring about any and all capacity as humans biologically inherent and epigenetically 
unlimited to the power of exertus yeah you see what i'm but saying it's elon saying. musk's highest excitement to both smoke dmt and plug up to the fucking network and his uh, idea is that we're clockwork elves or we're built up of these clockwork elves you know and like spring dna quarks you know this whole the dna even is like clockwork gears that are splitting and they're you know cycling over and over again so there's a lot of mechanisms to reality and that's that actually becomes at the end of the day like the most straight up question you can ask about empiricism versus faith or religious it doesn't come nearly as big as whether or not you believe in physics because if you believe that from this big bang kind of experience outwards that everything is the chain reaction of particles bombarding off of other particles then you're just kind of voyeuristically experiencing you know all those but i mean it let's feels, put it in context right? just like with the let's say common ideas of history once one has become aware, for example, of Tartaria and at least all the inconsistencies, doesn't be, doesn't the official storyline and what's being pushed become equally ludicrous? And I see the very same thing happening with any ideas of cyborging upload. I don't know what. That's what I'm saying. Well, it, it doesn't have to be cyborging, but the, that's the problem for is for me. It's like I I see it as as because it's around us and it's starting to happen already to people in Silicon Valley and New Zealand where they're working on this technology and, you know, people that are trying to do this in Europe, even like there are, there are things that are going to have to be talked about, but we don't have to focus necessarily on making it a nightmare. And I think also a big part of it is that we look at the brain, like I was saying earlier, is not just not about the have brain, an world approach. Well, we don't need to have necessarily an exocultural uh, smartphone for everything anymore, maybe. Maybe we need to go back to teaching people um, practical skills like memory palace. That's not so convenient. That, people won't do that. That's the but problem. You could, people make, people, fast track you could make people brilliant instead of convenient. That would, be the, that would be the hope that some people at least figure that out. And if that was the case, even if a few people became the brilliant cast, you know, like wouldn't that be – isn't that likely? Isn't that what we're going to see happen? That's what Gandalf is compared to hobbits and shit. I mean, it's tricky because I think some of this has to do with yugas and pole shifting in a sense. So like the closer it gets to a pole shift or a punctuation event or an aeon shift or whatever, it seems there's a lot of inversion of polarity. Like, you know, right is wrong, wrong is right, ignorance is strength, you know, all this kind of stuff where it's like, uh, okay. Um, so right now, like, you know, more in the past 50 years, I'd say, but less so now, people thought, you know, Baywatch playboy mansion was the the highest watermark accomplishable not everybody but it's like uh, the masses were sold that idea and if we can get a few people saying you have more potential like what rafa is saying there's natural things maybe even in concert like maybe there's uh it reminds me a little of harry potter where it's like magicians are like oh we don't understand the mechanics of the things used for the stuff we use magic for so it's like automobiles. What the fuck is that? Like we just get on a broom and ride, or you know, like we might be able to come to some kind of mixed place where we're like, oh, like that's what that's the whole kind of new age movement in a little, in a way where it's like solfeggio frequencies, opening your chakra and allowing you to astral project, like doing DMT while listening to Spangle and you know whatever. Like I think this is episode kind of, two thirteen, right? Yeah. This is that's Bitcoin and Gematria. I like that. Ah! All right. Well, on that Sweet. note, let's take a quick music break, and when we come back go down any rabbit holes you so feel inclined to do so roger roger welcome back man so, a crazy discord today ain't it say that again 
some crazy discord today i feel like the universe has that weird uh it feels weird do you feel weird i feel weird mercury today. retrograde in aquarius there's just like yeah. four yeah. planets in aquarius it's a very rebellious i mean uranus is in taurus mars is in uh taurus so there's a whole lot of like that's I mean, I had a everyone else is going up. where they're supposed to go because of taurus and i'm just like huh weird it's like bat bulls are marching and tell me, in one direction. I'm dumb, and I, I'll admit it. Like, uh, tell me about who Tim Pool is and what you're doing with him. Maybe that's something we could talk about for a second. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe some people have heard of him. He's like, he's got like a web show, Timcast. Uh, he was on Vice. He did uh, Occupy Wall Street reporting. He saw Venezuela during the Civil War. You know, he's he's done a lot of cool things. Um, so it's more like know. political kind of vibes. He's he's a political vibes guy, but he's actually not as a human being. You know, like he's really chill. He plays guitar. He's a really nice guy. He's awesome. And he's into art in all sorts of interesting ways. But he does. He's sober, and so he's always looking at what's going on in the world and getting. You know, I think if you were really really sober all the time, you would see how terrifying the world really is to other people because there's no way to cope with it just by altering your you know chemical state to deal with the tragedy so he's constantly kind of like oh my god the world what is going on and here's what's going on and what are we going to do about it a lot of people kind of rely on him for news i think he's got like some a million views at a time you know he's doing he's doing all right on terms of uh you know people seeing his show but he wants to get off of youtube because they've been censoring him so i've been friends with him for a while and i'm coming out here to help him like you know decentralize off of youtube and really, a lot of it's because you guys had talked about Odyssey. Like, I didn't realize how quickly Library was turning into something so great. But now we're working as closely with Odyssey as we can, you know, Library's whole system. So that's that's kind Happy of the Happy to hope. be of service. Shout out, I guess, to Jeremy Kaufman. And well, yeah. we did an interview. He's apparently, if it is true, Jim, also coming on the show. So we're very oh, excited. Oh, you guys are going to do one? That's and awesome. He's, I mean, you know, we're going to find out, you know, what's up and his yeah. life story and so on. I'm going to know his but, chart. Uh, even what? just for him providing the platform uh, in this way he has Dude. is amazing and awesome. So thanks. That's going to be a rad interview. I cannot wait for that. That's really exciting. That's cool. That's probably be weird, but in a good way. Um, <laughs> so what, I mean, okay, so he's coming off YouTube. He's got a bunch of people following. I like Vice, but I've always felt it was like the kind of like, hipster oxy yeah, news yeah. outlet I mean, or whatever it, it, the northeast it's like it, the first couple of years of it though you know back when it was like when it was brand new it was like kids were trying to make their own news you know, epically later and there's that original energy that's what he's he's never deviated from that in his life he's like let's be honest about the news and get you know nonpartisan, impartial you know, with as little bias as possible, or as, as transparent a bias as and as transparent a bias as possible, so you know, like where you stand with the person, and you know, like some people have called him like alt right. He's not. You know, he's he's like this half Korean, you know, guy who's been reportedly told that he's too Asian to be part of their movements and this and that. He's just a guy. He's a cool guy from America who has decided that the left was going crazy. So he started calling him on it. And when the but he'd already been calling the right on being crazy. So he's really countercultural in a lot of ways. But you know, at the same time, is he? Because the culture is where he's at. Where like the world he's a cool guy. He wants to make the world a better place. So, you know, but yeah, he's mainstream. He's on YouTube. And he has to worry about what he says on that platform. And I think he doesn't want to do that anymore. Because it's so crazy what yeah, they'll do. Yeah, exactly. And like I think have... more and more people feel that way. And you'll be the first one probably to confirm how many people on the so-called left and right and everywhere have been banned 
So again, I see that's yeah. awesome because if you can't see your favorite channels on YouTube anymore, you know, you're going to move to all those other wonderful platforms and some, some are going to stick, some are going to be decentralized enough that even if Amazon Web Services turns down, you know, shuts off, it's not going to make an impact. It does scare me because it reminds me of that Star Wars clones, uh, Clone Wars cartoon series where the Darth Sidious builds up the rebels by like, you know, banning people from the Senate and stuff. I feel like we're just building up this crises act where people are uh, forced to fight against each other. There should be no reason that anyone's in this culture war like this. It, the real thing to me, it looks like is, you know, Google doesn't and can't, doesn't want to uh, deal with YouTube anymore. So they're, you know, they're shoving off everybody. And so there it maybe isn't even that much of a battle. It's like, they don't want to deal with it and we have to pick up the pieces. So, you know, it's not that bad of a, a situation, except that it'd be, it'd be worse. I feel, I feel like it would be harder if YouTube and Google were fighting for people, but they don't really care. That's the weirdest part of all this. They're, they're letting people go really fast. Right. Right. So that's also where I'm kind of asking, even let's say, let's assume for a moment, uh, we are the master strategists for the great reset, new world order, uh, Klaus Palpatine Schwab style then this doesn't add up to me. Neither what's happening in the US politically and what's being also let out through different media, both whatever mainstream and big alternative channels. And same thing with all that banning. I mean, who should, how, how do you get anyone on board if you kick off everyone? And, uh, you know, unless they really are looking to have like an earthquake weapon or something, which I honestly think they're technically not allowed to use due to higher powers i don't see how do they want to get anywhere with this i really don't see i, I don't see their exit strategy honestly it reminds me of uh, hamilton the king of england where he's like i'll just watch you guys tear each other apart i wonder if some of these people are like let's let them do their thing and it will never get this big so they're just kind of like you know it, it's like you spill water and it's like that's not gonna become a new pail of water it's like whatever we'll lose some things maybe they're playing a different strategy what were you gonna say andres I just keep thinking it's all that's always the go to um, hypothesis for some reason. Why is, you know, the hypothesis that George Bush is an idiot? Why is it not that he's a brilliant clown from He's Yale, a moon yeah. child. <laughs> right. It's worse. I feel, I feel you're better off with the hypothesis that everything is going to plan, sinister and mischievous plan. And that there's some reason why it's going the way it is. Maybe that we don't realize that we're facilitating. And I'm not saying that's necessarily true. I just don't know what the deal is, but it's very strange. To well, me. I just want to point out on the base level again, and this is so fundamental because it seems that at its core, reality is a void or something, and it's kind of made up, you know, where I really think it's fundamentally relevant and vital in that sense that everyone just very subjectively makes up their own mind once again whether they want to be on a peace, love, unity festival timeline or on a let's tell others what to do and condemn everyone for speaking their mind and locking people up and force vaccinating them timeline. Because I really see that ultimately, again, it's a co-creator thing. And if I then default back to ultimately believing, oh, it's still going according to their plan, even if I would see decentralization spring up, people realizing stuff, and I'm like, oh, still, it's just their ploy. That's actually a ploy because if the masses would still believe, oh, they're going to win, they're going to win, whatever this means, or, you know, we're all doomed, then that's what they're going to create for themselves. So this is, again, fundamentally important that everyone 
just for themselves, makes up their minds where they want to go. It's funny because when you were saying, like, I don't see why they're doing this. I mean, I don't believe in this necessarily, but it's like, oh, because Nibiru is coming around and like huge cataclysms are going to happen. And we're all just playing on the tablecloth about scraps of food when a tidal wave is coming or, you know, whatever. So maybe, maybe the none What's of this that is thing consequential. in 2029? You saw that, right? There's I have some, no there's, clue. There's this really interesting thing that I was just reading about that in 2029, Apophis, right? Like, so apophasia is like where you connect random dots. So Apophis is flying close by the earth on Friday the 13th, 2029. And it's supposed to be like a third the dot distance. Connector? Yeah. The dot connector is coming between the two dots, uh, a third of the distance that the uh, 340 meters across item will be, um, yeah, a third of the distance between the Earth and the Moon. So it would be closer to us than the Moon by two or three times maybe further. And so in other words, pretty close to a collision, right? Like that's like as close as you can come almost. And that's going to be, you know, this is – there's a cyclic calendar. We've talked about the, the Mayan calendar and this idea that there's a long period for the alignment because the alignments, these satellites, they're large items. They might not happen in an hour or a minute, like take months or years. And so we're probably coming to the full, you know, ending of that. First they touch, then they eclipse, then they pass. We're now going through the passing where it's the next cycle is beginning even though we've come around. So now we might be, and we've already seen Aumuamua, and we've been hearing that alien uh, broadcast, quote unquote alien, I mean, it's just, it's a repeating broadcast from uh, space. So that's been going on every 14 days. We've been getting the same message still. I think it just happened again a couple, like a week ago. So we're, we're basically, you know, being told at very least by the narrative that 2029 is when uh, by that point we're going to have you know like probably contact and you've got the israeli government agency uh they've been the, the space agencies talking about aliens have been trying to ignore us until we're ready you know but that they're there and the government's talking to them so i think that's all you know pretty close to true that all makes sense to me the thing that's weird to me is this idea of it being outer space is so far away that's one of the things i like about the holographic universe thing it, it seems more jesuit and, and and stacked like a hologram so that then you can talk to these other consciousness you know you've got this clockwork elves thing that makes the entire idea of space travel so much less necessary but it might be that there's alignments going on. So, you know, that's what astrology seems to be relying on. If Friday the 13th, 2029 turns out to be the dot connector, then I wouldn't be too surprised. But we still have a lot of time, you know. We have a lot of time. It gets weird because I don't, I'm not trying to be paranoid, but it seems that many ancient cultures were basically, you know, in stone trying to be like great cycles and cataclysms happen. And I'm not saying we're in that, but the whole, you know, um, younger Dryas kind of Graham Hancock thing is like we go through remnants of an asteroid, you know, these, these large asteroids or whatever um, objects hit earth because we're going through a, a part of the space at a certain time. That's why we have showers, you know, like the Gemini meteor shower and stuff. Um, and maybe people are just like, you know what, let them have cake. If they want to fucking trade Bitcoin and revolt on institutions, let them like, we know that there's bigger fucking games at play and maybe higher powers that gets really kind of, you know, arconic and occulted and weird really quick. But it's like, 
the thing is, is there's always bigger games but if something like this gains traction you know middlemen are being cut out and at least some people still appear to have integrity by the way i just found out that apparently maro lago the former owner they had a coat of arms which trump adopted and before it said integrity now it says trump i find that kind of interesting um uh same thing but I would just say that here, the point being, again, if like your military guardsmen and so on caught up to what you're doing and the public at large also may look at you in a different uh, way and just has become more critical in general, at some point, you don't have anybody anymore to execute your plan or to protect you. And uh, this is probably not only dependent on money, because if you look at how many trillions, again, Catherine Austin Fitz and many other sources have gone missing, one may well imagine that huge underground cities and an entire space fleet armada could have been built for that money, right? Um, but yeah, I just also want to say that in a sense, uh, an approach like this, uh, let's just say to be defeatist, is both metaphysically and uh, in terms of, how should I say, present awareness, completely an impractical approach in my view. I'm not being defeatist. I'm just wondering, like, I'm not even all, because I know, Rafa, you have more of a negative inclination toward Elon Musk being like, let's go to Mars and colonize. At some level, I see it as practical in the sense that, like, our our spaceship Earth is volatile. It seems like it's been fucked, no matter how kumbaya and fucking psychotropically affected cultures have been in the Amazon or otherwise. Fucking shit's happened on Earth that, like, you know, no one had control over at that level. So to get off the rock increases the chances of uh, our species not kind of. Sure, sure. It's a wonderful idea, Jim. All with you, but uh, Exodus, I'd like to uh, hear what you have to say about what you what you would consider the most viable form of, let's just say, colonizing previously uncolonized land by Earth humans. Okay, so uh, let me just make sure I don't forget this. I'm going to use the word Plato's cave. I'm going to revert back to that as I try to answer this question. So the answer to you know the best way to colonize other lands or something, and you just the thing is you've talked about a few other things about Elon Musk and his whole idea. I think it really comes down to the fact that we really believe we're living in a free world a lot of the time, or a lot of people do, and then other people believe they're living in a, an enslaved world. But it, it's 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 a constru- it's a construction. It's like Plato's cave. We're living inside of this cave and we're told what it is what you know like if you were told the world was round or you told the world is flat i mean arguably that's one of the more interesting metaphorical like perspective things because if you believe based on perception instead of on pictures from science books that's really the, if you're like okay everything looks pretty flat okay oh the, oh no i'm supposed to believe in all this science so well, that becomes a religious distinction really the first you, dissonance right <laughs> yeah it's, it's not necessarily important in terms of what's true it just it's important in terms of your distinction of are you dissident or not that's With your personal experience versus thus says the academy yeah that's all i'm not saying it's true or false i'm just saying that's an interesting choice to make and that it really offends people if you're dissident but ideologically, what's the best way to get people to conquer and colonize? Tell them what they want to hear. So there are going to be people that are living in these geodesic domes, maybe underground or whatever. They're going to be inside one way or the other. They're not going to be outside of them because if you, you know, really sto- think they can get there with rocket ships again honestly? with again it, it doesn't i just said there are going to be people that believe that they're living <laughs> it doesn't necessarily yeah mean i mean they're going to create they it yeah it's in, for sure for sure people yeah it's going to exist somehow on yeah. mars. <laughs> they're going to believe they exist if they on can mars. simulate the land rover yeah. they can simulate a mars colony i'm not saying like a truman show yeah 
yeah, that's what I think is the most logical conclusion to this. Actually, well, that's actually. the Truman Show. Zoos within zoos. It's like you guys think you're on Mars, but you're really on Soundstage 40. Well, <laughs> maybe you're in Mars, man, and it's like a luminary realm, and it'll take a while to explain to you. But for now, just keep digging. You know, that's that's kind of the thing, and it might end up being that it's true. But at the end of the day, what does it matter when you're living in a geodesic dome that's owned by Elon Musk? You're going to be a state, you know, controlled. You won't have certain. Uh, inalienable sovereignties, things will be the, – the way space treaties work are very post-Soviet Union communist because states don't have any access. That's one of the most interesting things about Bitcoin's future is the thing that probably has the most uh, future for Bitcoin is space. There's no law that allows a, a, corp, a state to run any part of space. It has to be private enterprise or personhoods. So in fact, the United States has built a treaty system that – doesn't just not you know doesn't just not allow it. It enforces denial of those sovereignties and authorities to governments. So governments can't exist in space based on that, unless we start to change the con- and easily we could. But for now, all you can have are military corporations, corporations that self police because of the um, you know if, if you were a, a corrupt corporation, it would be bad business. So you have to self police. But other than that, there wouldn't be a need for the same kind of states. So sure, like even in just a, a full-on NASA sci-fi reality, like it's a terrifying future because it's the state-controlled thing. But I'm pretty sure they're going to start just by putting people under. I mean, right now you've got people doing this, living in submarine right, just put them volcano track. There are, <laughs> there are, there are NASA scientists that live underwater. Right? But they believe that they're and not they're on Mars. They think they're underwater on the coast or whatever, right? You they're know, the, the thing about belief is it's super easy to mess with people. It just really is. And you go to Disneyland, they put the sound of scissor cutting in your ears, and you think your hair is getting cut. They can make you believe what you need to believe to do what you have to do. I think that's a big part of this is like getting people to believe just the right things and then also believing um, conflicting things, both with each other and themselves, so that they're stuck in these paradigms. That's an ultra. Yeah. For the masses. Right? Ultra. Yeah. Full on American ultra. Well, it seems like it's funny because I, I'm not even against it, but I've heard a lot of people always talking about like kind of a golden age of what being human is, but it's kind of a moving target. There's pre-linguistic, potentially. There's post-internet. you know, internet. There's all sorts of types of humans. So though I'm not running to go get my head plugged into a machine or something, it seems that evolution is happening. And I guess the weird part is, nation states like earlier i was saying do you think bitcoin it seems like whatever kind of um border skirmishes and i mean not that war in a geopolitical like on the ground troops isn't a thing anymore but it seems it's phasing out becoming corporate wars kind of like brazil that movie brazil prohibitively um, expensive and the contingency operations are cheaper there's better ways so that's kind of what this is right we're in a situation that has all of the trappings of war without the war so that's the beauty. Wars forbade so much of this from happening before. You can't have a biological war, but you know, can't even. It's not so this economically viable. <laughs> you need consumers. If you wipe out the economy, I mean, if you wipe out the market, you don't have. You know, that's. I think that's why the. But Cold that's war the easiest thing. On. You wipe it off. All you wipe it out, and then you buy it. You know, this is what they've done every time. Like it's, it's super, super, you know, super low value now, easy to buy. It. So then you can transition to the next thing because. 
you bought it for pennies on the dollar. Which is almost like short selling. I was going to say, it sounds like mm-hmm. in another way, they're like, look, wreck it and then rebuild in our image or whatever. I just saw um, a newsflash, Jeff Bezos is stepping down as I mean, Amazon CEO. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what you think about that. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's. I think it's after his uh, divorce. Um, I I was watching Christopher Ortecki's astrology. He's been on the podcast. Shout out. Uh, he's an astrologer, and um, he actually gave I think Courtney Cox when she was on Friends an astrology reading and stuff. So it's like fascinating shit. But anyway, um, and told her she wasn't going to do that anymore. And it, you know, it had, she kind of it faced. It was not like this is going to be like you know an institutionalized thing like The Simpsons or something. It's going to die. Um, in any event, uh. Well, Andy Jassy or Yassy, you know, he's going to replace him. And he seems kind of like the Eisner of Amazon. He's been pretty pushy. It's he's not going to fuck it up. Well, he's going to work real hard at uh, the Whole Foods kind of thing. He's like a Harvard boy. You know, they're going to, he's a Harvard business boy. So, and he, with his, his whole attitude, I don't know. He seems like such a cutthroat guy. Bezos, though, he's not leaving. He's going to do the same thing that Bill Gates did. He's going to get some executive chair of the company instead and work on more do some interesting projects. Vaccination because it's more profitable. <laughs> In space, yeah. It's tricky. I mean, I guess what I was saying with the astrologist this week, uh, he was saying specifically like today, ironically. Um, and next, like this week in general, is a kind of a precursor to what we can expect in June times, you know, an exponential amount. So maybe there will be a lot of kind of crypto slash um, because the thing about the Reddit users is like they're using the same tactic as hedge funds, but it's like populism. I mean, that's the irony of it, right? So it's like there was a great meme I saw that was like Snape being like, how dare you use my spells against me or whatever. It's like, all right, we figured out your shit. And if you get enough monkeys pushing the button at the same time, it acts like uh, – the same it has the same power essentially i mean people power democracy really in action at that level um but with jeff bezos stepping down yeah i don't think he's like disappearing and like gonna go like hug trees or something i'm not thinking that's the case it seems more strategic like hey i'm getting a lot of bad pr on people even weirdly psychic warfare is happening at a level i'm i'm a, a loathed person because i'm a head of a ceo you know i'm the face of this maybe i'll just take my face off this for a while still reap the benefits There's also the um, John Citizen Twitter. You saw that, right? I'm so, not on Twitter. I don't fuck with – I mean at this point, I don't even pay attention to the news much. I'm surprised I just saw the Jeff Bezos thing. So you're yeah, way, fair. way more abreast on cultural – It's the, I mean, it's the it's, Washington, it's, Washington like my D.C. Andreas. It's gross. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be in Washington, no, no. D.C. It just happened. <laughs> I'm not hating. I'm saying you're connected to that level and you can compute and not I really well. used to be. I appreciate so that. Since, that, since you're local. Just briefly, can you can you actually confirm just a simple idea that the barbed wire really points towards the outside? <laughs> I mean, in general, like I, I think I told you guys earlier, like you need work permits to drive into parts of Washington D.C. Still, like Washington D.C. is under weird. It's really weird right now. So yeah, I mean, in general, it's they don't want they they make it scarier. You know, it's, it's micromanaged. It's, is there's a lot of words having said that really met a lot of beautiful interesting people really good really good people there's surprisingly amounts this is one of the reasons i'm here probably one of the safest places 
that I could be right now, I feel like. It reminds me of Enemy of the Gates. I don't know if you ever saw that movie where it's like, Stalingrad yeah, yeah. sucks, but you might make friends. <laughs> it is a lot like Stalingrad. It feels, I swear, it feels like, I was like, whoa, this is what this is. But um, there's a thing, right, because like former president office, the other thing is he's, there's a uh, account on Twitter that says that they're um, the real John Trump, Baron Trump, and that they're associated with another account, John Citizen 1946, which is supposedly you know a secret account for Trump, um, but maybe not. It's but they're anonymized. So there's something interesting going on with just the amount of influence that Trump is trying to have in this kind of. Um, now he's like the Obi Wan Kenobi figure in this new meme war, and that's really funny. Like we're at this point where they're they're creating this. Um, there's it's this Goldstein in 1984. And I don't know if that's the right answer. Like that, we we probably don't need anymore to rely on other people, like celebrities, as our symbol. You know, I think that that might be it. Might be a good thing to move away from the dynamic of politics because now we could start to get back to being. So many people have been pushed out by this. Like we could start to unite again over you know our universal. Value, it's value. funny that you say that because I think celebrity – I mean, look, there's you know, Nero, sure, is a celebrity or whatever. But celebrity in terms of art, artistry and stuff and you know, for a long time, people didn't even sign their name on their works until pretty much the Renaissance. Um, it seems like a, a modern phenomenon and we've kind of taken the personal ego, which is you know, fucking OnlyFans and people doing whatever. I mean – uh, on the we have a culture full of people who ha- are having their fifteen minutes now. I don't know where else this could go other than that's what I was saying, kind of like a reverse um, tartary or tartary situation. Instead of like kind of, uh, yeah. uh, instead of coming together, coming together, coming together, it's like it splinters into confederations of you know zoo qualities. We've talked about the human zoo thing. It's like people who want to be. It's like Burning Man. People who want to listen to drum and bass will go that way. People who do not will not. You know, it's, it seems like that's how it will go. Yeah, I see like the most the most dark side of it isn't really like too bad, but it is that it's isolation is like I think to me a bad sign of things. The more we're isolated though, the more we're able to be ourselves. So it could be Well, if the if it's corn if we were corn, we'd all be dead. Because one monocrop of corn's a bad idea. So it makes sense to let us kind of split up for a couple centuries and to to change and then get back together and back and forth. But that's that is it's control. It's the only way for that. So maybe in the most pro pronoic sense, uh, the whole disintegration of Tartaria. I mean, ultimately, on the highest level, may well be is an alchemical process of splitting up different elements, recombining them, so they may eventually be coagulated into something even more superior. I can only trust, in a sense, that ultimately. That is the divine plan. However, at least for now, I don't see any way of the splitting up. And I just like it's a to cultural again, again. It's like do that's, this in remembrance of me, you, the parts of me that you remember. And that even now with the whole mask thing, and everyone is even here, maybe no stronger. Yeah, but also these FFP2 masks. At least here, they're popular now. And then everyone literally has the very same. And again, I don't understand how people can see that this is not just dehumanizing but essentially it's like already pretending that everyone's already a gray which essentially is you know this emotionless uh, species 
future and it keeps our yeah. smells down so that the aliens can tour i mean that's another fun one right like they were like forbid from smelling in public and tasting in public but then i was on a plane the other day and they give you pretzels so i ate for like an hour you know and then the lady next to me was like 60 she was eating with me and took her mask off it's like so there's a lot of inconsistencies with this whole thing to a level that it's just absurd. What are they? What are they really doing? It has nothing to do with health. They're making us enforce ourselves. I yeah, mean, basically, yeah. with groupthink and woke culture slash, I mean, like, uh, what's it called, cancel culture and all this kind of stuff. They're like, look, we don't even have to go door to door and Gestapo style fucking like stormtroop these people. Like, they'll do it to each other. So just create a few kind of issues, like you know, whether it's you know political issues or economic issues, and let them tear themselves apart, and we'll deal with this you know the the whatever whatever's left on the other side like a hunger game style well that's clearly what some factions would want but again i don't see that happening however i see the preview i mean maybe andreas you want to even just briefly comment on lady gaga's mockingbird outfit or however that is called yeah that, uh, that yeah. kind of that that reiterates this whole thing is that you've got the at the inauguration you've got all of these people that have been out of the limelight for long enough that the fact that they showed up all against Katy one, Perry. Really does, it really does show that there's a there's a division between everybody and Trump. That is weird. You know, if it was if it was slightly less of a big deal and they were allowed there to be a, like a, a real election, a normal election that was honest and everything, that would have been very different. But the way they've set this up and that everyone's coming out and that people are crying about how things have changed, it must really matter to them that this guy is out of the way for some reason. And at the end of the day, what did what did she end up wearing? She wore the outfit from the Hunger Games of the journalist that shows that these kids are going to start killing each other. So I, you know, I do think we're talking about that, like pretty honestly. We're seeing foundlings set oh, up. Just one second, maybe I just got it, and you'll close closer than anyone else. Maybe I don't know what the set is called for the Hunger Games, but maybe that's the wall of area within DC now. Where <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Maybe. I think the whole world is that, though. That's the thing is every city, everywhere is Atlantis. And, you know, they can easily set up these towns to shut themselves down because the people will kill each other. And that that is a big part of the purge movie, you know, ideas. Just the, the social economic hierarchy will use the purge to let the lower classes dispose of each other. And I think that's pretty close to what they do naturally with taxes you know you it's isn't it funny we go from one conservative generation to one liberal generation almost like breathing so that we have time to gain collect some wealth and then time to rob the wealth that's just been collected and it goes back and forth so that's the thing is it might it just seems it's more literal though that society really is is eating each other but it, it can be more metaphor you look at how they don't want people to accumulate wealth generationally and that's, I think, a bigger part. Well, of only some. Only if you're in the club. Yeah, there's a well. The club is a family, though. That's the other thing is they're all related. They just steal your old house, <laughs> gilded mansion style. There will be specific houses, you know, only those houses which are designed to last forever, and then the, the everything else will be biodegradable, you know, people, places, and things. But yeah, the lady. It's like, Gaga Elysium, thing. it's like you guys tear each other up, and we'll just go onto the space station and chill. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's and that's a big part of the resets too. Is you got a Noah's Ark during the flood. There's always a Noah's Ark during the flood. 
during a reset, there's some group that's somewhere safe. They're underground in the Peruvian mountains. They're in a boat. They're at the North Pole. They're in the Axis Mundi. They're in space. There's always a Noah's Ark. So that's they're going to be people that survive this. And that's kind of what I think they're all hoping for. And that's what's really funny and revealing about it is it shows that they're afraid too, that they're hoping to survive a thing that they know is coming too. So it's something that they can't control. So I agree with Raph mostly. I think like they really are feebly like, and it's falling apart and it's, it's making us actually suffer more than if they were just attacking us them trying so hard and failing and making mistakes. It's really like impairing. It's messing with us more than anything. But, I wanted to yeah. see Garth Brooks' alter ego at the inauguration. I was like, why is uh, why is he doing the normal Garth Brooks to be the Chris whatever? Do you know what I'm talking about? Back yeah, in the I was day, trying Garth to Brooks. remember Chris Gaines. Chris yes, Gaines. Chris yeah. Gaines. I was like, I mean, that's a good example. Lover's card is Gemini, right? Personality split. It's like, that's a good example of a word where he's like, I'm a country singer, but man, I really like fucking corn or whatever was going through his head. Who knows? Or I really like emo. Or he's like, I want to dye my hair and wear black and do a little different. And it's like he diversified his portfolio. It's like he bought a theory. You know what he said when they when they when they interviewed Garth Brooks though about being in the inauguration. They asked him why he was doing it. He's like, "Oh, I'm just proud to serve my country. It's it's a great great chance to serve." And that was just that was the one that really got me. It's a great chance to serve. You're like, okay. And he looked down as he said it. You're like, okay. So in other words, everyone's been serving right now. Is like they're being made to serve right now. So. You know, they're, it's just, it looks like they're really falling apart. It doesn't look like they're winning, not nearly as much as it should. Interesting days. Uh, I mean, I don't, uh, it's funny because the media does contort things. So I'm not sure how well Trump was doing in Mar-a-Lago. I've heard a lot of people like, fuck this. <laughs> He's really depressed and like a party pooper in our hotel get up or whatever's going on. Um, but I, obviously that's coming from a certain source, which has an agenda. Which, which channel is that? I'd be curious. Well, I have no clue. I mean, it was just... You see Golfgate though, right? There's some, uh, there's some stuff going on here. Oh, what's up with that? We should get Victor back on. I was wondering how he's handling all this. Like, I, I'm wondering kind of how <laughs> QAnon people are like, well, what? Just hold on. One no, yeah. I, I think that's the thing is that the way he looks at it, I don't, there's no way for him to, to let go of, of it at this point. And sure, I, I think, I think op, conf, confirmational bias is dangerous. You know, you have to be really careful of confirmational bias. But at the same time, a lot of this stuff is still happening. It's not that it's over. You have to at least admit that on his side. Again, I'd recommend everyone who may want to, let's say, somewhat technical analysis to check out Dog Journalist and his recent interview with Dr. Joseph Farrell because they just talk about some of the strangeness, both not just inauguration, but also certain executive orders that Trump did. And, you know, there is certainly, let's just say enough there. If you want to spin up a certain timeline, you can. However, what I'm curious about, because there's always, you know, PSYOP and counter PSYOP and maybe different PSYOP factions and an actual enlightenment happening as well. What What I'm kind of wary about, though, is that number one, um q and QAnon and q related stuff has been banned in waves at least since like a year pretty heavily and not just one or two but thousands upon thousands of accounts even remotely associated as far as i understand um, yeah i think amazon banned selling of their like anything with the word like q, q was here or whatever you know product and is now, okay but this is a yeah and now what's what i want to know what's a bit strange because the day of the inauguration again 
as far as I understand, I don't think that the actual cube bosses to bases, but as usual, some maybe somewhat popular QAnon individuals, just like this shaman guy, I want to say it again. I didn't know him. I'm not super into Q, but still, who knew, even knew this guy? Like what? It's a complete shams right. joke framing. But the point is, why was it the 20th of January when suddenly everybody knew, including all of the alternative media, that Q is actually just a Soviet operation trust thing? Why did it take until <laughs> that day? And why did everyone know that? And, and just like with the shape of the earth or whatever, talk about moon landing or I don't know what, if it's something that everybody knows is so for certain, then I'm always especially wary of it. So I'd be curious as to what's your take on and, that. And there are, you know, there is some weird stuff, by the way, just to reiterate that and what, what Victor said about, you know, like Biden's inauguration looks weird. It would happen. His flying in a private man. plane. Well, that's the, the, the dog thing is another reason to watch my last president video. Because why is Baron Trump's dog, why is this president the president without a dog? It seems so important that his, he, he decided not to have a dog. Like it must have been this really discerned movement, but I think we should get into that later. The thing is, Trump had the military on his side. He had all of the flags. Biden's removed all of the military flags. The military is not super down with Biden. They haven't put his inauguration on a lot of their websites. I think they're starting to do it now. But the they way haven't they've made the shots like they should after there's, his inauguration. There's a lot of weird stuff going on there. I'm not saying, you know, that and yet and again, you have to be really careful. I have to be. You don't have to be because you're in another country. No, I've always very much appreciated your discernment on very, this front. Very, well, you have to be really careful what you say. At this point, my God, it's not the year 2000. It's not South Park's premiere in theaters. Never the free. But this that's is another point. I mean, world. it always depends on how one's own individual profile. But here again, the only real censorship and the only real control is self-censorship and self-control. There is no other. So no, no, no. Those... Now there's libel and slander. Like, especially if you become more, like, if you get closer to the light where you see things, it's easier to get taken down. It's easy to get burned. It's easy to get put in the dark. And there are people that are looking for recordings because recordings aren't just slander. They're written. They're libel. And so it's really in America easy to there. Are, you know, if you guys recall this conspiracy of silence, which was the, uh, you know, boys town orphans, human trafficking and raping uh, by senators and businessmen in Nebraska in the 1980s, Lawrence King. Uh, scandal. So the, the there's a great documentary. The people who made it were uh, there. It was not put on television. They were supposed to be, and they were like, "Whoa, too hot a potato, too hot a potato." But they did get the video out there. I met the guy who had produced it. It's pretty interesting. He like basically went from having the Rockefeller Video Nomination Award in New York City to hiding out in Brazil for the rest of his life. But the kids who had been raped went and they reported what had happened to them, and they were arrested because they couldn't prove it in court. And people in America are innocent until proven guilty, especially people with expensive lawyers. So they put these kids who'd been raped, allegedly, right, who said they'd been raped, in solitary confinement for longer periods than almost anyone ever in the United States. Like some of these people are talking 20, 30 years of solitary confinement. And that, that will not that, do the brain good. Yeah, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird stuff around this MK Ultra culture we live in. You've got to be more careful. You can't just uh, say what you want and think that it's free speech. There's no such thing as free speech. Speech costs lives. Of course it does. What's well, the irony know, of V for Vendetta? It seems we're more in that time now than even post 9-11. Everyone was like, oh, I mean, it came out right around then. Everyone's like, that's that was predicting where we're at now. So I just wanted to point out that if people become too 
paranoid about that. And I agree there is, you know, probably crazy lawyer teams and so on looking for all kinds of things and who is the most popular on the opposite side. Let's take him down. But that's the whole concept again about distribution and about at the very least not preemptively complying to any measures, regulations, and especially any uh, disintegration of free speech because that's how it's actually happening and how it is perpetuated. So again, I just want to point out that the fear of saying something wrong and therefore self-censoring is the most effective tool that any entity interesting and interested in having a censored society could have. So again, one has to be really aware of one's own power in that matter. Although, of course, I agree equally. Ideally, everyone uh, may be as discerning as possible. Just also, in a sense, one could say not to make themselves look, how would you say it, credulous or incredible in that sense. Um, but yeah, I just want to point out that if you preemptively censor yourself, then whoever wanted to censor really has won. So I'd, you know, it, encourage everyone to take it. The moment what you say sounds like it could be true, that you can tell because they attack you. Up until that point, you know, if you sound like an idiot, then they th they're like they use you as a joke. Right. They're like that guy's a tinfoil hat guy. But once you start to say, you know, like, hey, most of the meat in the United States has been cloned. Check out these articles since the twenty like two thousand twenty years ago. Most of the beef in the United States is from clones, right? Like straight up. And here's the paperwork, and it's true. And then they're going to start to be like, that's not completely true because there are still about ten percent that's not, you know, like that. But that's literally how it happens. People have to start to reveal things and then they attack you because you sound like you're onto something. They, they'll, they'll get angry about that. Um, and you've seen where that's been. They, they make it sound like it's ridiculous. Otherwise, they ignore you. But you, you talk about human trafficking. Like there are people other than just Catholic priests, you know, far be it to, you know, to say, but in politics and in the media with money who are committing the same sorts of crimes you believe other people are committing, like these priests. Like that's they they try to paint as much money as they can towards the idea of that being absurd, but that painting of it as being absurd, it magnifies the problem and it makes it pretty obvious what the problems are. So we're seeing right. more and more that you know the reaction to like why are they so upset about GameStop? You know, right, like right. And, oh, did you guys hear that GameStop? Uh, you know, like I called them to ask them what to do about the banking, and they said to hold. I like that joke. Whom did you ask? The operator. Well, the hold, you know, like you say to hold on the phone. But oh, say hold the coin. Yeah. Oh, so your advisor, advisor told you to hold or what? Yeah, it's, there's like a Twitter joke that's going around. Like people are saying like they're not supposed to have bought the coin. Like, oh, don't blame me. Blame GameStop. I called them to ask them about it and they said to hold. And so in right. crypto, holding means you're holding the coin, not selling. Not the phone. So are you hopeful where things are going or, I mean, do you think this is kind of a last stand for humanity or how do you feel about where we're going? Cause it seems, I mean, I, was, I think resets inevitable, but we can affect it and we can make it better. I think that we're doing that as best we can, but I do think that the biggest problems are going to be unanticipatedly the ones that we've created for ourselves in the solutions that we're building right now. Like if they're so lazy that they really are paying us to come up with our own enslavement, then it really will be our own guillotines that, you know, guillotine invents for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, unless we wise up for it and just build a better system that can go without guillotines. I mean, this is so a say, wouldn't you say? 
that is the the hope is that people can and escape actually scarcity. what you said i guess is uh yeah escape scarcity that's the whole thing that's a mindset thing of course primarily and then maybe also would have to do with just using some tech and even some that has been proven to work there was a case gwe a german company that created a super efficient power generator and you know court cases and so on but ultimately it's proven to work super efficient and what they did is they actually the secret service told the guy that what they actually wanted to do with that tech is they wanted to tie it to offshore uh, windmills maybe i mentioned that before so i was right. thinking about you know <laughs> where is the actual energy coming from so i just want to say that there's plenty of solutions and what you pointed out actually would also be a polarity uh, issue being that at least this is how the saying goes that negatively polarized entities because of their however metaphysical makeup actually literally cannot be creative so they always need some that are at least somewhat differently polarized or however who can be creative and can create out of themselves something new and don't need to siphon off right so this also means just like you said that in many ways the elite has scraped the plebs or whatever and you know raised their intellectuals and paid them well and their scientists and their administrators and so on however number one it's already been proven i think or it is being proven right now that they haven't really even hired the most competent or smart or creative for that matter and uh, yeah that's falling apart and if more people wise up to that and also understand that those that have been put in front actually aren't the smartest again i don't see even them having any personnel to continue doing that just like you said if we we can totally have the dystopia but we would have to build it ourselves and I think now there have been so many steps and kind of previews given and are being given into that reality right now, which is why I'm positively excited about it because I only see many people seeing that and being like, oh my God, like literally hell no. And they can also start connecting it with the, let's say, smaller steps of lockdown measures and so on that are already just to prelude to more and more of that dystopia. So I really almost see it going to use that word now <laughs> as well, a I type of vaccination you know maybe we've been using that word <laughs> would work. we have we've had to well okay i think that futurism is we thought it was the topic but it's not just it's resets resets are the is a big part of today's topic too and that's there it's the matrix we've been through a number of resets and neo has to make the right choice eventually this point for sure i see what you see i'm super excited about it this is the point of the lowest scarcity rather the highest uh proximity to reaching a threshold of non-scarcity based people we almost have an entire cast of people raised this once i mean often there are people that have you know been in elite circumstances but if we get to a certain point right. where enough of society is defined by enduring this reset by people that aren't driven by scarcity then we will have seriously disconnected and glitched the system and that would be huge that would be the beginning of a, uh, an upgrade not just a reset but moving forward you know, but it's I always been I, within certain parameters like i was watching i think some guy talking about um in a large to a large degree we've been kind of re uh mesopotamia and like cities like or um you know not babylon necessarily but like um i'm forgetting the specific i want to say ur but that's probably not it um certain cities were like the first cities and it's like all right plumbing commerce like cuneiform uh buildings like we're all like every, we haven't really 
done anything new ever from that. It's the model from which we're doing everything. Does that make sense? Kind of like a motherboard is a motherboard, and it doesn't matter if you're Linux or fucking Mac or whatever, Russian. And the city is a motherboard too. Right. So I'm like, I'm wondering if we're just doomed to repeat this and we're stuck in a loop of certain if, if, magic. If people are too scarcity-based, that's what I'm saying. I think the threshold yeah. has to be hit, but we're close to it. We really are. I think it's what Raph is saying, and I see that too, is that there's enough people that are thinking about love and the best option for the first time in history, that, and they're talking to each other, and that's beautiful. And if we continue to do that, yeah, like we really can change things. The problem is, you know, we that group of people have always been clouded and isolated. We're bigger than before. But usually it's a small group of people like, you know, so this is there are always a bigger group of people that are that are that have been scarcity designed. There are people raised in hunger who've been abandoned by their families, who whose families for generations were abused and exploited by the system. And so it's it's engineered that there are people. Well, in a Buddhist sense, it's all suffering. So it seems like we're all, like getting out of trauma is like maybe not possible. <laughs> It's essential. That's the whole point of Buddhism. You try to reach this, not this, you know, you nirvana. It's not the end of the journey. It is merely the beginning. Yeah, yeah, you know, and suffering also has to do with like the stress of working out, like lifting, doing weights and things. Like it, it cortisol. Feels, yeah, you want to release cortisol sometimes, and you want to have oxytocin instead. It it comes from suffering a lot of the time, and I think that that's not necessarily bad, but the, that being starve crazed is. And that we've created an entire cast of people that's a very large percentage of it that's just doing whatever they have to do. And that's not advancing anybody. If anything, it's even holding them back, which is why they're looking for robots and things. But yeah, like Star Wars, robots aren't going to win against Jedi. We have too many magical powers. So we're not, we're not in the worst position possible. But I wouldn't say just start celebrating yet. Let's start fighting. We're not in Ewok Village right now, quite yet. Everyone, you know, make up your mind and take your step. I guess that's, you know, what it's all about. Speak up for yourself, make your own choices, and (laughs) you will be the change you want to see in the world, right? You, You will. Whether you want to see it or not, you will be the change. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I know you got to get going. So... That was a beautiful meander. I was just thinking. I think we did a, an interesting thing there because it was like we could just talk about what we see happening. I wasn't even sure like where it would go, but I think we had some pretty important things that you know really matter. And I, th- I think also if you guys want to check out the show, I'm, I'm leaving the room right now. Tim's about to start. You could check out the Tim show, and it'll be interesting because they're going to talk about some of this stuff was that we're, we're just talked about just now but tell me come sure on here sometime that. let's pick his brain if he's down i mean well i'll 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 do my best man you know we'll see how it goes but definitely also saturday tune in for the first live stream on odyssey library history i think that's going to be pretty cool big changes any last thoughts other than that andreas mm, raf you you really you captured it all but I think, yeah, in general, my thoughts are like, what if, you know, like, and why not? My phone says 407. Capture the flag is all I can think about. Capture the flag. My phone says 407 is at 47%, so that's what's up. Thanks for coming on again, dude. Uh, Have a good day, and I don't know if this is the song I picked. It's a Starfucker song. I do love them. Called Golden Light. It's kind of die up, you know, sad but cool. So hopefully you enjoy Thanks so much, Exertus. Thank you, Jim, as always. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the ride.
Radio Bokito, Radio Bokito, Radio Bokito.